Hi, my name's Braden Thorvaldson, and I'm the host of What? Explain. Since this is the first episode, I thought I'd introduce myself, tell you a little about the idea of the podcast, and maybe give you a bit of background on where it all came from. The idea for What? Explain came from two parts of my personality, my love of weird facts and my tendency to go down internet wormholes about said weird facts. The minute I see something that makes me stop in my tracks, I have to know more. So I dig. I keep on searching up information, reading super esoteric articles, until I finally hit a point that makes me go, huh, okay, that's pretty cool. And then I look up from my computer and realize that it's four in the morning and I started this at noon the previous day. As a result, I've ended up with a fair amount of information about a wide variety of topics that have had absolutely no practical use. Until now. The name of the podcast originated from the most common response I got whenever I mentioned some of the facts you'll hear in the following episode. Followed by, No, come back here and explain that. What do you mean there are rooms that are so quiet you can hear your bones creak? That's coming in episode two, by the way, in a couple weeks, so stay tuned. This is going to be a pretty general podcast in terms of subject matter. I've got episodes planned on a wide variety of topics, including the $50 bet that created famed children's book Green Eggs and Ham, the Canadian top-secret Cold War bunker in Ottawa, and the mysterious Georgia Guidestones. If you have any suggestions for topics you'd like me to cover, send me a message. I am at WhatExplainedPodcast on Instagram and Facebook, and WhatExplainedPod on Twitter. That's W-H-A-T... E-X-P-L-A-I-N pod. If you stuck with me this far, thanks very much for downloading and listening. Without further ado, here's the episode. There are few authors and illustrators that loom larger in the collective psyche than Dr. Seuss. He wrote over 40 children's books in his lifetime, many of which have been turned into movies, television shows, and even theme park rides, which themselves have turned into traditions carried on within families. His works have taught generations of children the joys of reading and imagination, as well as creating such enduring characters as the Grinch and the Lorax. However, two of his most popular books, The Cat in the Hat and Green Eggs and Ham, only came into existence because of a challenge by an editor and a $50 bet, respectively. I'm Braden Thorvaldson, and this is... What? Explain. Theodore Seuss Geisel was born on March 2nd, 1904, in Springfield, Massachusetts, to Theodore and Henrietta Geisel. Sois was both Geisel's middle name and his mother's maiden name, and was pronounced as Sois, not Seuss. Two realizations for one. We've all been pronouncing his name wrong this entire time. Geisel began writing published works in 1921 when he entered Dartmouth College. However, the Sois pseudonym didn't become used until 1925 when Geisel, then a college senior and editor-in-chief of the Jack-o'-lantern, Dartmouth's humor magazine, was caught by the local police chief partying with a bunch of his friends and a bottle of bootleg gin. This was a genuine legal problem for Geisel, as 1925 was smack dab right in the middle of prohibition in the United States, where all alcohol was illegal. The dean of Dartmouth College, 
worried about the possible scandal, removed Geisel as the editor-in-chief of the publication. However, in order to keep working on the magazine, Geisel started using the pseudonym Sois after his middle name and his mother's maiden name. After that day, Theodore Geisel never wrote in that publication again, but Sois continued publishing his writing and art until Geisel graduated. The doctor was added to his pseudonym in 1927, allegedly because Geisel's father wanted him to practice medicine. Although, if you're writing under a pseudonym anyways, why wouldn't you give yourself a doctorate? When he started using Sois as his pen name, this started adding a slight complication to Geisel's life. While he used the traditional German pronunciation of Sois, most other people in Dartmouth read it as Seuss, rhyming with goose. This happened so often to Geisel that one of his co-writers on the Dartmouth Jack-o'-lantern was inspired to write a poem about it. You're wrong as the deuce, and you shouldn't rejoice. If you're calling him Seuss, he pronounces it Sois. Geisel fought against the mispronunciation, until he realized that most Americans simply pronounce it that way, and it was quite similar to another children's book staple, Mother Goose. After Geisel graduated from Dartmouth in 1925, he attended Oxford, where he dropped out after less than a year, and the Sorbonne in Paris, where he left even quicker than that. He returned to the United States in 1927, and began working in advertising in New York. He became quite successful over the next 10 years, alternately working on advertising campaigns for clients like Standard Oil, the Ford Motor Company, and the NBC Radio Network, as well as his independent humorous writing and illustrations being published in various magazines, such as Life and Vanity Fair. In 1932, Geisel made his first venture into book publishing with a collection of children's sayings and humorous illustrations called and I swear to you, I'm not making this up. Boners. After cleaning the coffee off my computer screen from the spit take that resulted from me learning about this, I found that there was in fact a sequel commissioned to Boners due to its favorable reception at the time. Can you guess what it was called? More Boners cemented Geisel's reputation as a humorist and was reprinted in 1941 as part of The Pocket Book of Boners which collected all of Geisel's illustrative works on that subject. The Pittsburgh Times reported in 1941 that the craze for boners staged a comeback with the reprint. It was a runaway bestseller, selling over one million copies by 1945. With the Second World War raging overseas, and thousands and thousands of their fellow countrymen leaving to join the fight, many Americans took solace in their collection of boners, looking at each of the illustrations in great detail and pointing out their favorites to their neighbors. It truly was a different time. At this point, it probably is worth mentioning that the phrase boners, back in the 1940s, meant something very different than it was today. It's probably closer to bloopers, goofs, or gaffs. Why? What did you think I was talking about? Encouraged by the early success of Boners, Geisel started approaching publishers with his first illustrated work of fiction, and to think I saw it on Mulberry Street. 
It was rejected not once, not twice, but 27 times by publishers. After rejection number 27, he was walking along Madison Avenue in New York, on the way home to burn the manuscript, and happened to run into an old classmate from Dartmouth. His classmate, who happened to be a junior editor at Vanguard Books, an American publisher looking for new clients. After reading the manuscript, his classmate promptly ushered Geisel up to his office, where a contract to publish, and to think I saw it on Mulberry Street, was signed in short order. Geisel wrote four more children's books before joining the army in 1943. However, it wasn't until the late 1950s that his two most famous works were published, The Cat in the Hat and Green Eggs and Ham. In the early 1950s, educators and children's book publishers began to notice that reading levels were down among children. Articles at the time theorized that many of the reading primers used by schools, often the Dick and Jane books, were so incredibly boring that children refused to read them. To try and remedy this, William Spaulding, director of a large educational publishing firm, sent Geisel a list of 348 words that kids should know, and challenged him to write, quote, a book that first graders can't put down, using just 225 of them. Geisel took the challenge, and managed to create The Cat in the Hat using 236 of those words. Despite not completely nailing the challenge, The Cat in the Hat was a runaway success for Geisel, and led to him and his wife Helen creating a division of Random House Publishing called Beginner Books, designed to get children to enjoy reading at an earlier age. The imprint was a huge success, and is still active today, with Dr. Seuss books being perennial bestsellers, along with other children's classics such as the Berenstain Bears series and the Thomas the Tank Engine books. After the success of The Cat in the Hat, Bennett Cerf, Soyce's editor at Beginner Books at the time, bet him $50 that he could not write an entire children's book using 50 different words or less. After what I assume was a very long and exasperated look towards Surf, Geisel took the bet, and Green Eggs and Ham was born. It was published in 1960 to rave reviews, and it remains the best-selling Dr. Seuss book in publication today. I have no information on whether or not Geisel took Surf's money, but I very, very much hope he did, with an enormous grin on his face the entire time. Often, the creation of a successful or prevalent piece of literature or pop culture is given a sort of mythology of its own, the writer or creator of the piece struck by some sort of divine inspiration. However, the reality of it is often a lot more mundane, though the results are no less impressive. I hope that the next time you see Green Eggs and Ham on a shelf somewhere, you think about the $50 bet that this piece of literature sprung from. I'm Braden Thorvaldson, and I'll talk to you in a couple weeks with another fact that'll make you go. What? Explain.
Thank you all so much for listening, and I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you like what you've heard so far, give the show a rating and a review on iTunes, or wherever you found us. It helps a new show like this one immensely, so thank you in advance. If you want to get in contact or follow the show on social media, it's at What Explain Podcast on Instagram and Facebook, and at What Explain Pod on Twitter. I'll be putting up a new episode every second Thursday, so feel free to subscribe to the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts, and be ready for the next one the minute it gets put up. I'll see you all in a couple weeks with another fact that'll make you go, What? Explain. <laughs>